Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 14 Fantasy Flex Props Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? Uh, congrats on the number two finish in <laughs> Fantasy Pro this week. Yeah, congrats on the number one finish. And, um, Thank you. you know, I hinted at it, I, I believe it was our Tuesday or Monday pod. Um, but I was like, I think I did really good in the fancy pros contest. And then uh, after record, I was like, I think you did too. Cause anytime I checked a player, I was way different than everybody else. You were way different too. Uh, so congrats on number one, uh, the, the one, two sweep, uh, can't beat it. And we've been kind of rolling these past few weeks. I think, uh, you know, we have enough data now we're just crunching numbers. Like I think we're in our prime right now. So let's keep it going. Yeah. I went hit the, uh, hit the perfect five play oh uh, yeah flex play on this pod last week uh yep. tweeted that out uh so yeah it's been a good week um so you know we're probably due for regression so no no don't say everything that. we no, say we, with a grain of salt <laughs> no we were due for that massive outbreak <laughs> is what i've been saying and yeah no surprise our dk and fandal teams crushed yeah um just had a really good week i feel like this happens every year uh you know we were uh, really high on jalen hurts towards the end of last season like this is the time to to get it right when we're entering you know, fancy playoff time heading into the playoffs. So, um, no, I, I think we're going to keep it going this week. Yeah, at least Jalen Hurst didn't have a broken finger last year because I want to be high on, on Taysom <laughs> Hill, but he uh, – <laughs> uh, But, yeah, we'll get into uh, – for those who are new to the show, uh, we'll give our 10 favorite props uh, presented by Prize Picks, um, And uh, we'll start it off, as we always do, with the showdown slate preview. We'll do the Sunday sh- showdown slate uh, on this show, and that is the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, for those interested in betting the game, I'll have a, uh, a preview up at actionnetwork.com on Saturday. But, Sean, as far as how we're kind of attacking this slate, I think the captain spot is probably 
fairly uh, simple. It's, you know, Devontae Adams and maybe some David Montgomery. Is Those are guys you're kind of thinking about uh, in that spot. Um, well, first of all, let me just complain that why did they flex this game of all games? I would love to have like Bill's Bucks be semi-football. So yeah, we're, we're stuck with this, this slate where I think Devontae is the, the obvious play, but you know, he's dealing with a hammy injury, it looks like, and this should be a blowout. I think, you know, the Packers are what, 12 point favorites. So I'm, I'm willing to pivot away from Devontae. I think there's some options here. You know, you have Darnell Mooney, if Allen Robinson sits out again, David Montgomery, uh, is another good option. Um, e- either one of like Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon could go off here. Um, but I'm thinking Justin Fields for the captain slot because, you know, this should be a negative game script. He does like to spread it around. So if Allen Robinson returns, that's going to help Fields out. And then he has that rushing upside. So I think that makes sense to use a quarterback in Justin Fields and then, you know, add like, you know, two or three pass catchers here uh, and then send it back with, you know, a Packers running back or something. There's a lot of different things to do here, but I think Fields has like the highest ceiling. Um, so I might go him here. Yeah, in terms of value, you mean like ceiling in terms of like relative to his multiplier yeah, based, or higher than Devontae, like raw? Oh, well, obviously, you know, uh, I, I think Devontae is the best pure <laughs> value play, but I'm saying for based on roster ship, based on the potential gotcha. game script, everything he's kind of a cheat code captain whereas just we're talking just basic raw value obviously Devonte takes the cake yeah I, I don't know these wednesday injury reports i mean i don't know how bad his hamstring is i did notice uh, alan robinson returned to practice so that is good yeah. for justin fields and for the bears uh for this game in general akeem hicks i think back uh, on defense for them as well so uh, they may be able to keep it a little closer than people think uh all right for dfs cheat codes who do you like in this game well, on the bear side, I think Jakeem Grant is sneaky. Um, you know, he's played really well. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson and Marquise Goodwin were out last week, and he stepped up big. And they're saying even once Allen Robinson and even Goodwin returns, he should be their number three receiver. So he's kind of one of those guys where in a full PPR set like DK, I like uh, throwing him in there. If Allen Robinson misses, I think he's going to be pretty obvious uh, as a cheat code. And then, um, you know, also Jimmy Graham, you know, if there were ever a guy that's going to get a troll touchdown, it's him. So I'm willing to throw in a couple Jimmy Graham lineups and it's a revenge game for him uh, against the Packers. So I like Graham as well. Uh, And then on the Packers side, anytime Marquise Valdez Scantling is active, you have to consider him as a, you know, high upside flyer. Um, So, you know, there's a chance Randall Cobb doesn't suit up. So that's more snaps for you guys like Scantling and Alan Lazard. So I think those guys I'll be targeting as well. Um, But yeah. And then the running backs, it's, it's kind of a toss-up. I think um, if Aaron Jones, he, he should play. I think A.J. Dillon's a cheat code because he could end up having, uh, you know, more touches, especially, you know, if the Packers blow him out. I could see Dillon, you know, dominating the second half in terms of touches. So I think uh, A.J. Dillon's a, a cheat code as well. Yeah, Jakeem Grant was the guy who really stood out to me. He's just been playing uh, well in, in that role uh, for Chicago. And I think he gives them the most juice in that number three receiver spot. So uh, really, I think it, his status may depend – not just on Robinson, but also Marquise Goodwin, uh, who missed last game, but looks like he's returned to practice. I wouldn't be surprised if Grant uh, overtakes Goodwin either way, though. So, um, yeah, he's the guy for me. And then I did notice for the Packers that Josiah DeGuara uh, ran a route on 61% <laughs> of the dropbacks in the last game. So he's been kind of trending upward in terms of his usage in that tight end spot filling in for uh, Robert Tunyon. So he's a guy to watch as well. 
Um, it might be worth throwing in a, a wider pursuit because he could also get a, a cheap touchdown. And he's kind of leverage on Devontae Adams. Like if he gets mm-hmm. a touchdown, maybe Adams does. And I think Adams had like only four catches for 89 yards in the first matchup. So if he gets that line without a touchdown, it's going to hurt a lot of people who play him in the captain spot. So uh, you got to find some other Packers who might score instead. So, yeah, like uh, DeGuara, Valdez, Scantling's always a good call, obviously, as well. Yeah, I saw the DeGuara usage as well. It seems like no matter what his underlying usage is, he ends with two catches and 20 yards regardless. <laughs> so we pretty much know what we're going to get with him, but he, he still has that sneaky touch on upside. Um, it, it, like you said, if you want to leverage off of Adams, I could go with DeGuara um, as well. But yeah, there, I think there's this like there's a ton of options. Um, and later in the week, we'll have a better idea. But yeah, right now, um, you know, like guys like uh, Montgomery, uh, AJ Dillon, uh, Aaron Jones, guys like that, I, I think are going to be in most of my lineups. All right, let's get into our props presented by Prize Picks. Sean, uh, we do a quarterback, two running back props, and then two receiving props uh, each show. Start us off with your QB prop for week 14. Uh, so I hate to do this, but I, I'm going with Justin Herbert under 290 passing yards um, against the Giants. Um, now, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both on the COVID list. It looks like Mike Williams is unlikely to play. Uh, and Keenan Allen, it's kind of up in the air if he's going to end up playing or not. So uh, right now I'm, I'm projecting Herbert closer to 275 with Mike Williams out. But if Keenan Allen were to miss, I mean, he's going to drop down to 265, potentially even lower. Um, so I like getting on this early at 290. Uh, they're facing the Giants, who could be starting Jake Fromm here. Uh, and, you know, they're still double-digit favorites, I believe. So this is a game where they could just lean on Austin Eckler, and I don't think Herbert's going to have to throw too much uh, to put away the Giants. So I love getting on this under early, just in case Keenan Allen ends up uh, missing this week. So, uh, you know, I'm projecting this 15 to 20 yards under as we speak, and it could only go lower. So why not lock it in right now? Yeah, I like that. Herbert came through for us uh, on the pod last week with over, I think it was like 270-something. And Mm -hmm. I like that because, you know, I I thought against the Bengals, you're going to have to throw the ball. Um, You're not going to beat the Bengals by, you know, just kind of not scoring points. But here, it's the the exact opposite against the New York Giants. I mean, it might be first team to 17 points in this game, uh, especially given the circumstances and the injuries. So, uh, yeah, passing usually is dictated by, uh, you know, kind of the overall game script. And this one seems like a low scoring game where uh, both teams are more interested in keeping it on the ground. You got two of the worst run defenses, by the way, uh, in this game. So um, this is a not a passing game. So, yeah, that Herbert understood out to me as well. Uh, for my quarterback prop, I'm going with Kyler Murray over 250 and a half passing yards. Uh, against the Rams and Kyra has been over this number in six of nine games this season. He was 17 yards over this number in the first matchup. He had 268 against the Rams. All his receivers are healthy. Um, you know, Hopkins Ertz uh, is there now. So he's got a full complement of weapons uh, pretty much aside from the running back Edmonds, but Connor's been even better than Edmonds and uh, the Rams love to play zone coverage and, the Cardinals have been a lot better throwing against zone coverage uh, than they have against man this year. Everything's set up for uh, Kyra to go over this number. It's supposed to be a close game. The spread is uh, lower than a field goal with a total over 50. Uh, I believe it's 52 and a half as we uh, record this on Thursday. So 
Uh, everything's kind of set up for a, a pass-heavy game script, kind of the opposite of Justin Herbert going against the Giants. Yeah, I like this call. I'm, I'm about 15, 20 yards above this. Um, and I like buying the dip on him. Last week, he returned after three-game absence. Uh, so we expected a bit of rest, but there was inclement weather as well. So that, you know, he only threw for 123 yards, but he leaned on his legs more. They didn't have to throw too much. Um, so I think the market's kind of overreacting to his return last week. And yeah, just based on this game script, potential for a blowout, uh, a shootout, I mean, I'm projecting this closer to 265. So I love the over as well. Yeah, there was no real rust. I mean, that throw to Hopkins, like, it's just, it's, you're playing no, the I'm Bears. We, we would have expected more rust <laughs> yeah. because all these quarterbacks have been missing some time. They come back looking like shit, but he actually looked really good, uh, especially, you know, with his legs. So yeah, I think uh, he's fully back. He was my QB one to begin the week. He's down to QB five, but uh, I still love him this week. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so close at the middle. Yeah, it was so close at the top. So one slight tweak can send the guy up or down four slots. So that's that's why he, he you, moved down. Is it uh, is it Mahomes for you or Allen or or uh, Tom Brady? Uh, it's it's Allen right now. But again, it's all close. And when I make my late week adjustment to just get Brady three touchdowns, he'll probably end up number one. Yeah, uh, I've been learning to do that from you. So, uh, yeah, it's it's so tied up top. And, yeah, Herbert uh, slid down a bit. So, I, I think Kyler's going to end up being my QB three, if I had to guess. And, yeah, Brady two or one and Allen Mahomes right there. But it's close. All right. Uh, first running back prop. Uh, so, I like Antonio Gibson over 65 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys. Um, so, you know, ever since their week 10 by the football team has become, you know, extreme run heavy offense, their 53% run rate ranks third highest behind only the 49ers and Eagles. Uh, and Gibson has been a huge part of that. I think he's been able to overcome that shin injury. Uh, he's probably still dealing with some pain, but at least he, he's able to play through it now. Uh, but he's become, you know, true workhorse back over that span, seeing 23 plus carries in three of the past four games. Uh, clearing this number in three of the past four games. So uh, going up against the Cowboys, you, they're going to want to keep, you know, the Dallas offense off the field. So I, I think they're going to be run heavy again this week. Um, I'm projecting Gibson closer to 76 and a half rushing yards. So over 10 yards uh, over this prop. So love the over 65 and a half. I think he has a very high floor. Um, so give me the over here. Yeah, I don't think it matters whether McKissick is back or not, because as you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> they've recommitted to the run since the bye week. In the two games prior to McKissick going down, Gibson averaged 21 and a half carries per game. So you would be projecting him to clear that number easily at that rate. And then in the game, McKissick went down. It's not like he missed the whole game. Gibson still got 29 carries. And then last week he got 23. So it's been pretty consistent in or out for JD McKissick. Uh, it's Antonio Gibson's going to get around, you know, 20, 25 or more carries. So yeah, the only way he fails to hit this is if I think it's just a, one of those games where he gets stuffed a lot at the line of scrimmage, which yeah. I don't think will happen because Dallas is fourth in DVOA against the pass, mm -hmm. but they're 19th against the run. So yeah. that is a, a little bit of a funnel here. So Washington should be able to, to run a ball. Absolutely. And yeah, if McKissick plays, I think if anything, it'll, they'll give him a breather on passing downs, which will just mean more rushing work for him. So I, I'm hoping McKissick uh, plays for the sake of this prop. It doesn't look like he is going to play because I noticed yeah. that Washington uh, signed Jonathan Williams from, I forget whose practice squad he was on. I think the giants or something like that. But when you sign a guy from an, another team's practice squad, that means he's on the active roster. So they essentially mm -hmm. signed Jonathan Williams to the active roster, which, 
uh, actually doesn't look good for McKissick long-term, if that's going to be the case. Yeah. They do have Jarrett Patterson there uh, as well as in that third string role. So um, that was kind of a, a move that got my attention, but it seems like uh, McKissick's going to be out again. All right. For my first running back prop, I am going with Austin Eckler over 53 and a half rushing yards. Uh, we kind of set this up already talking about, we expect Herbert to go under. I mean, the whole Chargers receiver room is in flux. Who knows if it's a cluster COVID issue, there could be more, uh, you know, scratches coming. So, yep. or guys placed on the list. And if they're placed on the list after the time we record this, they're out. Definitely. I don't think they would have enough time really to get those yeah. two negative tests. So uh, Eckler over 53 and a half. He's been over this number in eight of 12. So uh, I think this number is too low either way, especially against the Giants defense. That's 31st in run defense DVOA. The Chargers might keep all three of their backup running backs active for the second time all year as they did last week. But I don't think it matters. We, we're going to see Eckler getting the majority of the usage. He's been slightly trending upward as the seasons progress in terms of his a percentage of the backfield carries he was getting in the high fifties. Uh, then it was the low sixties and now he's getting around 70% uh, of the backfield carries for the chargers. He's my overall RB one uh, this week. Unless we hear something crazy about his quote unquote bumps and bruises. Uh, I think he's going to stay there. So love him over 53 and a half. Uh, I have him going over this by uh, at least 10 yards. Yeah, I'm right with you there. And it's amazing. He's cleared this number so many times this year. He, he doesn't really see that much volume. I think he's only had 15 more rush attempts, like three games this year. So he doesn't even need that much volume. And he could see a season high in, in terms of carries here. Uh, so I love the correlation with this over and Justin Herbert under, just based on all the things we said. But yeah, this is a smash play for me as well. Uh, where are you yeah. going with your second running back prop? Uh, I'm going with Elijah Mitchell over 71 and a half. It's that low uh, rushing yards <laughs> against the Bengals. Now, granted, you know, he's dealing with a concussion, a knee injury. He might not play, but if he doesn't play, it's a push. Um, so if he's active, this number is way too low. Um, and, you know, he's been playing through injuries, it seems like, all season. So he seems like a really tough back. Uh, so I expect him to be out there. And, you know, the, the 49ers are an extreme run-heavy team right now. Since, um, you know, week 10, they're, they're the second highest in terms of rush rate, only behind the Eagles. Um, and it, the big reason is just they lean on Elijah Mitchell. So, you know, he's cleared this number for the past six games since their week six bye. Uh, and I'm projecting him closer to 84 and a half here. Um, Jermichael Hasty, I think, is the only healthy back <laughs> on the depth chart right now. So um, if Mitchell's active, I don't see how he doesn't clear this number. Uh, so he has a really high floor. Um, so I'm going to lock it in now. And again, if he doesn't play, you know, it's almost like this bet doesn't count. So this is sort of a free play if he does suit up. Yeah, I have him at 87 and a half. Uh, I expect <laughs> him to get 20 carries if active. Yeah. Although, remember, it's not about toughness when it comes to concussions, though. You, you yeah, have, it's about being you got able the head to injury, you don't play. Yeah, yeah, it's about being able to suit up or not is what it comes okay. down to. <laughs> Just wanted to get that out of the way, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't want guys try to tough out concussions at, at any level. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's too low. I think the 49ers, this is December football. They want to be more physical than you. They have that great, uh, offensive line. So if he's active, I would think he's going to get close to hundred yards uh, against this Bengal defense. All right. For my second running back prop, uh, I'm going with Chuba Hubbard over 52 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he was over this number in four of his five starts Atlanta's 23rd and run defense DVOA. And Matt Rule says he wants to run it 33 or more times per game. So 
I think Amir Abdullah will absolutely mix in on passing downs, but Hubbard's been their go-to running back. And I don't see a situation where the game script gets out of hand. Remember Carolina won in Atlanta, 19 to 13, uh, you know, with Sam Darnold getting like five concussions and PJ Walker almost throwing a <laughs> uh, pick six at the goal line. So I think Carolina will be able to control this game outdoors coming off the bye. Uh, and I think Hubbard will approach 20 carries in this game, quite honestly, just based on the way they want to play this. So uh, Chuba Hubbard, I know he hasn't started in a while. So, uh, you know, the, the numbers are a little low, kind of easing it back in here. But I think this number is going to be maybe 15, 20 yards higher uh, if we're talking about oh. it next week. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so much of, you know, rushing prop has to do with, projected game script, how many times the team's going to run the ball. So, yeah, I have it uh, 17 and a half carries for 65 yards. Um, so, like you said, if, if the Panthers are saying we want to run the shell of the ball, they're going to run the shell of the ball. That's that's why I love the Stevenson over prop on uh, Monday night because, you know, we knew the Patriots are going to have to run in those, you know, windy conditions. So, uh, th- this market is probably 15 yards too low. And when it comes to rushing props, that's massive. So I'm I'm right there with you. I let you have this one because you called it way early in the week, but I, I'm right there with you. And and it's an easy matchup against the Falcons. So I'm all I'm all about this one. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the prize picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what's your first prize pick elite entry for week 14? So my first one, I'm going with Justin Herbert under 290 and a half passing yards against the Giants. Um, so currently Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are on the COVID list. It looks like uh, Mike Williams is very unlikely to be cleared in time to play. Uh, and Keenan Allen is a uh, toss up at this point. So I'm projecting Herbert closer to 275 right now. Um, and if Allen is ruled out, it's going to be even lower. I could see it going down at 265 or, you know, in the 250s uh, because, you know, the Chargers are playing the Giants who could be starting Jake Fromm here. Um, they're still probably going to be close to double digit favorites. So this is a game script where Herbert's not going to have to throw that much in order to put away the Giants. So love locking in this number now before it drops. So um, I'm taking the under 290 and a half passing yards for Justin Herbert. For my first prize pick of lead entry, I'm going with Chuba Hubbard over 52 and a half rushing yards. He cleared that number in four out of five starts earlier in the year for Christian McCaffrey. The Falcons are 23rd in DVOA against the run. And Matt Rule, the head coach, says he wants to run the ball at least 33 times. So I'm expecting Hubbard to approach 20 carries in this game uh, and smash this line. Sean, what's your second prize pick of lead entry for week 14? Uh, Antonio Gibson over 65 and a half rushing yards against the Cowboys. So ever since week 10, their week 10 by the football team has become an extreme run heavy offense, um, having the third highest run rate only behind the 49ers and Eagles since then. Um, and, you know, Gibson has become the workhorse uh, since their by. He had some time to rest up his shin. So he's seen 23 plus carries in three of the past four games. I expect that to continue here. The Dallas defense is a run funnel one where, you know, they rank fourth in terms of DVOA against the pass and only 19th against the run. So I think they're going to have a run heavy game plan in Gibson's benefit. And I'm projecting this closer to 76 and a half rushing yards, 10 yards above this prop. So give me the over 65 and a half rushing yards for Antonio Gibson this week. Uh, For me, 
For my second one, I'm going Austin Eckler, over 53 and a half rushing yards. Eckler is facing the worst run defense in terms of DVOA that he could possibly face because the Giants are 31st. His own Chargers are 32nd. So uh, Eckler is in a smash spot on the ground. He's cleared this number in eight out of 12 games. And Sean, as you mentioned, Giants may be starting Jake Fromm. Chargers may be missing some of their top wide receivers due to COVID protocols. So this is set up for a run-heavy game script for Austin Eckler. So Eckler over 53 and a half. Rushing yards, that's our prize pick. A lead entry for week 14. As a recap, Sean going with Justin Herbert under 290 and a half passing yards and Antonio Gibson over 71 and a half rushing yards. I'm going with Chuba Hubbard over 52 and a half rushing yards and Austin Eckler over 53 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100 or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code action 10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Okay, back to the show. All right, where are you going with uh, your first receiver prop? So I might have stolen this from you. I don't know, but I'm going with Byron Pringle over <laughs> 20 and a half receiving yards against the Raiders. Um, we've seen his playing time shoot way up the past three games. Um, he's basically taken over as the number two receiver for the Chiefs. And, you know, last week he had a season high uh, routes run rate of 75%. Uh, he only went, you know, one catch for 14 yards, but a lot of that had to do with Mahomes only throwing for 184 yards last week. So this week where I think Mahomes is going to clear his 275 yard passing prop. I think Pringles get a benefit. Uh, we saw Mahomes throw for over 400 yards against this Raiders defense just a few games ago. And Pringle, you know, he went for four catches, 46 yards uh, in that game. So I'm expecting a uh, bigger output by Pringle here. I'm projecting this closer to 30 and a half. So 10 yards over this. Uh, so love the over here. Yeah. Byron Pringle is the reverse Brian Edwards. Like he's the exact opposite. <laughs> so Brian Edwards, essentially, for those that don't know, like if you look at the man zone splits, Brian Edwards is invisible against zone coverage, essentially, which is weird because zone coverage teams play that, you know, most like two thirds of the snaps on average. And, uh, and he does really well against man. It's like yards per route is like three times as much Byron Pringle. And remember this Raiders team, they're the zone heaviest team in the NFL. Against man coverage, which the Raiders pretty much don't play, Byron Pringle averages 0.36 yards per route against man coverage. Against zone, 1.87. So that's, what, like five times as much effectiveness against zone coverage than against man. And the Raiders, that's what they're going to do. I mean, I think they need to do more cover two this game and stop playing single high, which they did last game when Mahomes went off. But either way... I think that's why you're seeing Pringles playing time go up because your leaders for the chiefs in yards per route against zone Tyree kill 2.09, according to pro football focus, then Travis Kelsey at 1.92 third place, Byron Pringle 1.87 and teams play zone most of the time on defense. So I think they're kind of looking for that third guy and Pringle has been the most effective against the coverages that they get the most often. Cause it's tough to play man against Mahomes in that, in that, that receiving course. So you're going to stay in zone. It's not like you're going to blitz. Yep. So 
that's kind of why I think Pringle's been getting the playing time. And and I agree. I think it this is just he could do he could get over this on one catch, uh, you know, but probably needs two, but he could get over on one. Absolutely. And I, I do also like that, you know, Hardman's playing time is going down. He's what? average. I don't. No, oh, I, mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah. yeah for, again, everything's always in the context of what I'm talking it's like, about. Like, why is no, that I, happening? I always think Hardman should play more. But, you know, he, Hardman's seeing, uh, you know, 18% target per route run. Uh, whereas, you know, Demarcus Robinson is constantly running wind sprints. He's closer to 8% per route run. Um, he's going to see a target. So that, that helps a player like Pringle that's running alongside Demarcus Robinson, who only sees targets uh, until he clears my, uh, you know, under one and a half uh, rece- receptions prop. And then he, he goes quiet. But I, I just think based on who's on the field, uh, Pringle's going to benefit going forward. If Demarcus Robinson is running wind sprints does that mean josh gordon is running tsunami sprints i yeah tornado sprints or i don't know what he's doing out there (laughs) like like (laughs) the fact that he's getting more uh routes than hardman is perplexing oh absolutely absurd yeah i would agree with that all right for my first receiving prop uh we're just gonna run this back because the number went down i hit the over i played an over on convince me and i hit it and the number went down Mike Evans, over 54 and a half receiving yards. Why is the number going down? This is, <laughs> this is Buffalo without Tredavious White, people. Like, what, what's going on here? So Mike Evans has been over this uh, number of 54 and a half in eight out of his 12 games. His median is 74 on the year. Buffalo, as we talked about on the uh, main slate pod, uh, which is out right now, go listen to it. Buffalo has no cornerbacks over 192 pounds. Like who's covering Mike Evans? Nobody. It's like, this is, <laughs> this is my, this is a smash over for me. Mike Evans over 54 uh, and a half receiving yards against the bills. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you here. And it is kind of perplexing that it's going down. It c- sort of feels like one of those like promos where they have Josh Allen. Will you throw for over one passing yard? <laughs> right, yeah. It's like a free play. It's like, they're, it, they're almost begging you to take this and yeah, I'm taking the bait with you. I think he goes over, especially since I, I don't think Chris Godwin's going to see a hundred targets again this week. Um, I think Evans will, will benefit from, you know, them evening the target share out a little bit, but yeah, it's kind of weird. He has a really high floor this year. Uh, we're not used to seeing that. So I'll stick with you on the, the Evans over here. Uh, and I like it as well. His career, he has a pretty high floor over a thousand yards every year. Well, I mean, he's going straight to the Hall of Fame at this point because he always has a few games here where he just goes bonkers. Yeah, but right. yeah, week to week this season, he's had a high floor. It's been uh kind of interesting to see, but yeah, love, love the over as well. Might, might have something to do with his quarterback. Yeah, uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, where are you going with your second receiving prop? Uh, so I'm, I'm taking another under. Uh, first week I've taken two or more unders, I think, in a while, but Noah Fant under. 35 and a half receiving yards against the lions. Um, this could end up being a run heavy game script. I think, you know, the Broncos should uh, win this game pretty easily. Uh, and they just have too many pass catchers, Jerry, Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Uh, so they might have one or two players go over, but then the rest tend to go under. Uh, so all their pass catchers kind of have a sneaky low floor. So I think fans um, going to be sort of the odd man out this week. Um, we've seen that happen in their wins this year. Um, he's only gone over this once in the five games where he's been active and they won a game this year. Um, so I'm projecting him closer to like 28 and a half uh, here. So uh, I'm going with the under here, uh, under 35 and a half receiving yards for Noah Fant this week. You know, Noah Fant's kind of been lost in the shuffle. Jerry Judy's return has kind of complicated things for every other Denver pass catcher. 
because there wasn't like there was a ton of production to go around. But uh, yeah, it's it, you know it's really Judy's kind of that alpha dog now. And if there's anybody that's a threat to clear their receiving prop, it's him, and probably one of the running backs after that. So. Uh, yeah, I don't hate this at all. I'm a little under it as well. Uh, Fant's just kind of falling down that that tight end list in terms of my rankings. I think he's like 15 or 16 this week, which seems crazy because there's oh, doesn't wow. seem like there's a lot of tight ends. You know, like it just hasn't been that you know reliable production, and you're just not projecting Denver for a lot of pass volume, especially in a game like this. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of a toss up here. But I mean, at least he's getting a, a prop. Cortland Sutton has been so invisible. <laughs> yeah. He's not even getting lines posted for him anymore. Well, it's got to be tough. Like, what are you supposed to post from, like, 25 and a half? There's no way. He's just really hard to cap right now. So that's – yeah, he's unprofitable right now, which just is take, crazy. Just take whatever Demarcus Robinson's prop is and give it to Cortland Sutton. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, for my second receiving prop, uh, I'm going with Cole Beasley over 36 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I know you liked his over on Monday night. Uh, I don't think that quite got there, but uh, I do. I'm going to, I'm going to, in your honor, go with him. And I think he gets over in this matchup. Uh, so if you look at the Bucks defense, they play the fifth most zone coverage in the league. And after Stefan Diggs, the number two receiver on the bills in terms of yards per route run against zone coverage, uh, according to pro football focus is Beasley at 1.83. So when it, when you have a defense like this, uh, Beasley usually is the guy that you're going to go to. He's going to find spots in that zone coverage. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is really struggling, uh, but he's averages uh, about a half yard less per route versus zone coverage this year. Uh, Dawson Knox around the same. So uh, I know there's a lot of love for like Knox out there too, but I think Beasley is actually going to be that second go-to target here. And we have the benefit of, you know, possibly a, a a game script that kind of, you know, goes into somewhat of a shootout. You have a high total game, close projected game spread is, I think, three and a half. And, uh, yeah, I think Beasley is going to get over this one here after some some quiet games. You know, that game against the Patriots, you have to just throw it away. I mean, the wind and yeah. a lot of man coverage, too. So not the type of game necessarily um, that Beasley would have as much success on. So uh, I, think, uh, I think this is the spot where – you buy uh, Cole Beasley. So I have him in the low uh, 40s here. Yeah, I'm with you here. And yeah, thank you for taking this, my honor, uh, from last week. And to be fair, he would have gone over. He had a catch on the sideline, I believe it was, where he just barely stepped out. And if they ruled out a catch, uh, he would have gone over his prop. But yeah, I, I love kind of like buying in on this Bills offense after that, you know, really uh, wind-driven game. Um, so yeah, love, love Beasley over here as well. To recap. Sean's going with Justin Herbert under 290 and a half passing yards. Antonio Gibson over 65 and a half rushing yards. Elijah Mitchell over 71 and a half rushing yards. Byron Pringle over 20 and a half receiving yards. And Noah Fant under 35 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Kyler Murray over 250 and a half passing yards. Chuba Hubbard over 52 and a half rushing yards. Austin Eckler over 53 and a half rushing yards, Mike Evans over 54 and a half receiving yards and Cole Beasley over 36 and a half receiving yards. That is going to do it for our week 14 fantasy flex props pod presented by prize picks. You can find our fantasy football rankings, projections, content at actionnetwork.com. You can find our DFS 
content tools and models at fantasylabs.com. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker and me at Chris Raybon. And you can also find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next week, get this money.